Karibu AMG Realtors. We have specialized in selling of land across the country in areas like Nanyuki, Naivasha, Nakuru, Juja, Kagunda Road, Malindi and the Abadeas. Contact us today for land investment solutions and have your title deed delivered within 60 days upon completion of payment. SMS AMG to 402-99 or call us on plus 254-748-229-941. AMG Realtors, we don't just deal in land, we deal in value. Hey Krista. Hi, how are you? I'm good. First of all, I love the name. It's so quick, simple, easy to say and no one's like, what did you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Just straight to the point. Exactly. Yeah. It's a pleasure meeting you today and shout out to Podmatch for this opportunity to just let us be here and I don't take it for granted that we have opportunities like this to connect, you know, virtually. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, you know, today's topic is very important to a lot of people and and a lot of people also want to know how they can use it for themselves, for their their just to make tomorrow a better place for them for their family what they're teaching what they didn't know what they could know tomorrow so just give us an insight on who you are what you do and we can talk about the topics for today yeah so my name is Krista Elza I am a board certified family practice nurse practitioner Um, I left the office setting about a year and a half ago to really pursue more freedom in um, how I can treat people. Um, And so I I dove into functional medicine, which is root cause um, medicine. It's it's, um, really getting to the root cause of why we have disease or why we have symptoms. And so at this point, I do more health consulting. I work 100% virtually online. Um, I send out test kits so that people can collect um, different testing that we need so that we can find out why they feel the way that they do. I love working with people to help them gain more energy because this is like our one and only life, right? We get to live it the way we want and foundationally that requires health. So that's what I do in a nutshell. Um, And I know you invited me on to talk about gut health and I love that topic because it is literally the basis for much of our health all around and how we feel oh yeah definitely and i'm so glad that you're here to just give us that expertise because we really thrive in making sure that there's expertise there's authority there's trust you know there's that understanding that this is what we have for you but you also need to do your research as well it's not like here you go it's a cookie cutter no it's something that you also have to learn because everybody's different too Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, our individual bodies are so individual, which is why I love what I do now is to really dive in one on one with people to help them understand their particular body. But there's definitely some overarching um, information that you can know um, to understand your body better. So, um, yeah, I think this information will be really helpful to help people be more aware of, yeah. of their gut health and, and why it's important. Yeah. You know, let's start off with food because this is really where it gets to the point, you know, like some people say don't eat after a certain time at night so that you don't sleep and eat. You know, you want to think about your gut health. You want to think about when you wake up in the morning, drink warm water, you know, the, just little things like that. Just yeah. talk about it as far as how we should consume our food. Should we chew slowly? Should we swallow faster? Yes. <laughs> 
So yes, um, we'll talk about specific foods here in a second, but the way we eat is also important because digestion starts in our mouth. And you could eat the best food, the best diet, but unless your body's digesting and absorbing what you're eating, your cells aren't seeing that that nutrition. So it does start in our mouth. Um, we need to chew our food completely. That is that is helping out. You know, it's it's starting that digestion process, and we have what's called amylase in our mouth that helps start that digestion. Um, the other thing is we want to eat in a calm setting. So if you're rushing from, you know, you're driving while you're eating Taco Bell, which we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> <Taco Bell. laughs> but if, if you're driving and you're rushed or you only have a 15 minute window to eat and, and you just feel stress, your body is more in that sympathetic stage where it's not, it's not prioritizing digestion. And we want our body to be in a calm state so that our, our stomach releases more of that um, stomach acid, which is also necessary to digest our food. So eating in a calm setting is super important. Um, and then also it's it's what you eat. But, but again, it starts in our mouth with the chewing process, slowing down. The other thing is you don't want to overly dilute your food. So we want good, strong stomach acid, and we don't want to drink a gallon of water with our meal, right? So kind of reserve some of your drinking for after, um, before or after meals. So those are some tips to start with. Um, and then talking about what kinds of foods. Uh, you know, a lot of our health is lifestyle dependent, right? Like it's a lot of the choices that we make. Genetics aside, um, we, we almost we don't even turn on genetics if our lifestyle is in tune right and right. that really does start with fit with food um so focusing on whole foods i tell my patients and clients if it comes from the ground eat it if it comes from a box you need to question it right <laughs> because our body sees processed food as a threat in some ways and um it really can also help promote um, when we're eating a lot of processed foods, it can help break down that intestinal lining. And uh, we'll kind of dive into leaky gut and all of that, but it really comes down to food. Whole foods, fibrous foods, fruits and vegetables, um, lean proteins, grass-fed, you know, try to try when you can to do organic because a lot of our um, foods, a lot of our fruits and vegetables are covered in pesticides and that can be very degrading to our intestinal lining as well. Wow, this goes deep. Because, you know, because <laughs> really, because all I'm thinking now is someone who just gets a box of pizza and calls it a day, somebody else who decides to cook for two hours, or maybe doesn't have the time to even do either or because we can do things differently, or meal prep. You know, there are different ways people can, you know, adjust their schedule. So it now comes to the eating process. Like you said, you know, some people eat fast. Some people say, this is what I've been doing since I was, I was, I was three years old. You know, so how do they yeah. change and adapt to something that they're not used to by being conscious of or being subconscious of their actions? Being mindful is huge, right? It's huge for our stress. Um, it's it's. So being mindful, being present in the present moment. So when it's eating time, it's eating time. You know, that's a moment of gratitude that you have the food. It's a moment of gratitude of who you're with. And so the more we be, you know, the more we make that a process and the more we make that a priority, it will become a new habit. So eating is essential to life. And we need to think of it that way instead of just 
you know, it's it's an entertainment piece or it's just a necessity of, you know, um, not being hungry. So really prioritizing that and being mindful is going to be helpful for stress management and also just chewing the food, you know, pay attention, put your fork down in between bites. Mm. Don't be watching TV while you're eating because that becomes mindless. We, we end up not really paying attention to what's going on. Wow. Does that mean, because what you just said just lit a light bulb for me because I'm now thinking when people are stressed, they eat. Some people. Yeah. So when they realize they are so stressed and they've eaten so much, they're like, I didn't know that this one chocolate bar could take me to this point. You know, so yeah. how can they manage that? Yeah, and again, it's mindfulness and asking yourself, why am I eating? Because food um, tends to be, you know, a lot of us have emotional attachments to food because food triggers signals in our brain. Um, you know, it's a, it's a whole cascading thing. And so if you're using food to kind of increase dopamine, what's the end result that you really want? If you're stressed out and you're just going to grab the bag of chips, do you really want the bag of chips or do you want the bag of chips allows you to feel and and at the end of the day what else can make you feel that way is going on a brisk walk with music that you love listening to a podcast um snuggling up with your pet or your partner you know what else can give you that feeling other than the bag of chips and so again it comes back to questioning and being kind of aware and awake to like your actions and what you're doing not just mindlessly going through your habitual routine yeah that's beautiful thank you for saying that because that also helps people to really think about what they're doing and why they're doing it you know what they need to work on what they didn't know how they can process foods better for themselves and also for their their gut because when you say i can feel it in my gut you're like okay what is stuck in there what's filled there how do you process it if you eat too much or the fiber foods or not enough fruits and vegetables there's some things that your gut will tell you that you wouldn't even be able to function or realize because you're not there, like you said, in the moment. Yeah, and keep in mind also, our body releases hormones that promote satiety or that we're full, and that takes about 15 minutes. So if you're, you know, just shoveling it in, you're, if you slow it down, you're gonna allow your body to release those triggers to your brain that you're full, right? And mm. so you wanna allow your body enough time. You don't wanna just be, mowing through without being mindful about it and yeah. allow your body to do the natural process of okay we're done we're complete we don't need to keep eating right because when you think about working out or staying healthy and you get to a point where three weeks ago or three months ago you used to eat a whole plate but now you can't even finish half of your dish it's like okay that's that's my stomach lining telling me something i need to pay attention if not i'm expanding it right right it's also important to eat foods that are high in protein and high in fats. And I, I you know, there's been a whole era of low fat, um, and that's not necessarily healthy. Our body needs healthy fats. And that also triggers that satiety hormone that we're done eating. If we're focused on nothing but carbohydrates and sugars, our body doesn't get that signal, mm. right? And it, it also doesn't stabilize our blood sugar as well. So fruit 
I even tell my patients and clients, if you're having fruit, make sure you're also pairing, you know, your berries with a, um, you know, with, with nut butters or something like that to kind of balance it out. So it's not just carbohydrates that you're getting, but you're eating more balanced. Um, healthy fats are going to be avocados, olive oil, avocado oils, um, eggs, fatty fish. Those are healthy fats, right? Um, butter even in itself um, can be healthy in moderation as well. So there's been a lot of talk about the keto diet and the benefits to the keto diet. And, um, you know, that's not, that's not the diet for everybody necessarily. That's kind of an individual approach, um, but it can be really helpful to get your blood sugars more stable so that overall your mood feels better. Um, your body's really getting into that fat burning mode where it's learning to use more fats for fuel, not just carbohydrates. I like that you said that because the commonality between those two is carb, sugar, workout, that's what I need, I'm good, then my protein, I can take it in the morning with my PB and J, you know, you know, it's, it's just different. <laughs> so I feel like right. there's a balance to it. And that's now where there is that kind of commonality that, okay, I need some eggs here. Some people would prefer boiled. Some people may like scrambled or um, they do fromage, you know, whatever they want to call it or however they want to think about their experience, you know, because people eat and they think about, oh, I remember this moment when I ate here and I had this candy. So it's like an experience, like you said. So you don't want that experience to be shortchanged with the time that you have to eat because you have to be in a certain position. Right. Yeah. So timing of your meals, um, you know, taking the time to do it, really relaxing what you're eating is super important. Um, and really the foundation of what we're eating, we're talking about the gut microbiome. So our yeah. gut is lined with a ton of bacteria. In fact, we're more, more of our body is full of bacterial cells than actual human cells. <laughs> it's wild to think about, but um, from birth, when we are um, born, we're exposed to bacteria for the first time, and that really lays the foundation for our gut health. And it's super important to have a balance in the bacteria in our intestinal lining because bacteria, the good bacteria, use some of the foods that we eat to then in turn increase the mucosal lining of our, of our intestine, which is protective. Um, it also helps synthesize vitamins. So we actually need the bacteria to maintain our immunity and to maintain our vitamin status. We also don't want to be eating, um, that, that's the other reason you want good stomach back, uh, stomach acid because it helps the digestion process and killing off some of the, um, some of the bad bacteria because our intestines expose us to the external world all the time, right? Everything we're eating, swallowing, um, it has bacteria on it. Right. And so, we want to have good strong stomach acid to start breaking that down from the get-go and we want to have a balance in our microbiome in our in our intestines we don't want to have an overgrowth of bad bacteria like salmonella or strep some strains of strep um, you know there's all sorts of bacteria that we're exposed to and we need to have that good balance and so when you are um faced with like the need for antibiotics for instance that can really disrupt that good and bad balance um, when you have a lot of stress, when you have surgery, things like that, um, it can really tax your gut microbiome. And so it's important to eat foods that are high in fiber because that feeds our good bacteria. Um, and then also taking a probiotic can be really helpful 
for most people to help balance out the good bacteria because we really need that um, for our immunity and for our, our overall gut health. Wow. I think that's a masterclass in itself, <laughs> you know, because now they think about their food. They're like, oh, maybe I'm doing this wrong. Maybe I should be doing this better. You know, some people just think eggs. OK, but you don't think about the the reality, the the benefit, the advantages, the pros that you can be able to get from it. And then doing doing it also in moderation as well, right. which is right. a really big factor. People get to you know, be like, yeah, I can have a cheat day today, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some signals to look for. If you have heartburn quite often, that's kind of a red flag. What am I eating? What, you know, pay attention to what foods are kind of irritating that lower esophageal sphincter, right? We want sometimes some citrus foods um, that can be really irritating. Um, sometimes it's a lack of magnesium. A lot of us are deficient in magnesium. And so if, if I would ever to throw out a, a uh, supplement that everyone should be on, a lot of people need to be on magnesium. And I prefer the, the glycinate form of that, magnesium glycinate. Taking that every day in a probiotic can be really helpful for your gut health. And we can't talk about eating without talking about pooping, right? So it's super important that our body creates byproducts just in living. Um, but you know, our hormones and all of that need to be broken down and excreted. Otherwise they are recirculated in the body. Um, women can have a lot of hormone imbalances if they're not going to the bathroom regularly. So it's super important to pay attention to that. Um, and you know, to poop well, you need to be drinking plenty of water. We need hydration. Um, and then the fibrous fruits and vegetables. And so not all of this has to be overly complicated. I know I'm kind of explaining some of the things, but if we keep it down to the foundations of drinking plenty of water, eating whole foods, regulating our stress, being mindful about when we eat, those are like very foundational, easy steps that don't have to be overcomplicated. Um, but but you can really gain benefits um, over time of, of creating those habits. Yeah, I think so too, because those habits become now the mindful parts of, you know, the experience that you mentioned earlier, which is now very intentional and also very gradual as well. Right. Absolutely. And it just, it, part of it is just the awareness, like, oh, <laughs> what I'm eating matters. What I'm eating affects my mood. What I'm eating affects my hormone balance. What I'm eating affects how well I can sleep. Um, you know, intermittent fasting is another hot topic and it's not for everyone depending on your overall health, but it can be very helpful in the blood sugar regulation so that your body is starting to use those fat stores instead of just relying on carbohydrates. Mm. And it also gives the gut time to relax. So if you're going 16 hours, let's say you're working your way up to going 16 hours of fasting, most of which is while you're sleeping. You're only eating in an eight hour window. So let's just keep it simple. You're only eating from noon to 8 p.m. every day. That allows your body from 8 p.m. all the way till noon the next day to really not have to be digesting actively food, right? So that gives the body some rest time to really kind of clean house and, 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 um, and help regulate some of that microbiome. So intermittent fasting is another very simple process that you can do um, or routine that you can do to help improve your gut health 
that's amazing. Thank you so much for highlighting that. This this is this is top of the funnel. <laughs> this is this is so right. beautiful. Yeah, because it's like this is what you need and this is how you need to do it so that when you go to the hospital or when you go for a checkup, you're not surprised or alarmed because you know you're doing the right thing just knowing that you have to think about your health and the people around you and what you're putting in your body with the oils you mentioned. You know, some people talk about vegetable is good for you. And I'm like, no, it's not. But that's debatable. <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> oils um, are so processed, they're not actually good for you. So using canola oils, when you look at ingredients and right. it says vegetable oil, we have too much of that vegetable oil in our diet as Americans, right? In this country, like with processed foods, we just, we have too much of it. And so... Anytime you can avoid something that has vegetable oil in it, avoid it. Um, and, and again, you're going to find that a lot in processed foods. And when you're cooking, using olive oil or avocado oil is much more beneficial to kind of that ratio between the good and the bad fats. And not that, not that vegetable oils are all bad, it's just that we have too much of them. So there's an overabundance of that, which is an omega-6 kind of fat versus the omega-3s, and, and we really need to balance that out. And so um, using and choosing the oils that you use at home can, can be helpful. That's great. I was also thinking about peanut butter oil. Peanut butter, so peanuts tend to be in, inflammatory for a lot of people. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't overdo peanuts per se. There are some foods that tend to be overarchingly inflammatory for people, dairy, um, so if you're having some stomach issues, if you're having some joint pain, if you feel like overall you're inflamed, if you struggle with autoimmune disease like um, hypothyroid, Hashimoto's hypothyroiditis, um, lupus, musk, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, even those are a lot of um, signals that your body is chronically inflamed. And so removing things like gluten. I know that's a tough one because gluten's in a lot of things, but there's also a lot of gluten-free options now. So eliminating things like gluten, dairy, um, peanuts oftentimes for people, sugars and processed foods can do huge things for um, joint pain, inflammation, autoimmune. Okay. Um, and part of that, we can't talk about autoimmune without discussing leaky gut. And I'm sure a lot of us have at least heard that term before. And the way I describe leaky gut is that our our intestinal lining, again, we're kind of like a donut, right? Like our mouth all the way through is, is kind of hollow, right? And it's a barrier to the rest of our body. And so it's important for that barrier to be intact. It's important for the good, healthy bacteria to be producing that mucus lining because that's a, that's a protective mechanism from the outside world in. When we have an overgrowth of bad bacteria or we've exposed ourselves to a lot of processed food or we frequently drink alcohol, things that can really um, degrade that, that lining or if we're on um, sometimes birth control pills for women um, and things like um, antibiotics like we talked about that can really break down that lining. And so if we've got kind of a fence here of our, of our intestinal lining, those fence posts kind of fall down, right? Mm. And that's what we call a leaky gut. So now you've got this increased permeability from the protective layer into the body. When that happens, parts of like, you know, food particles or breakdown of bad bacteria get into our body. And that 
wakes up the body, like something's wrong, we've got to attack these things, right? And so that can lead to increased inflammation in our body. It can lead to something called cell mimicry, where our body starts to be, it's attacking these cells, but then it, it it's too similar to our actual cells, and that's where we have problems with autoimmune. Does mm, that make sense? Yeah. And if someone loses that over time, like you mentioned with birth control pills or, you know, those kind of things, is there a way for them to make it work again or go back to the original state by being conscious of, you know, what is going into the body? Absolutely. Removing what's causing harm. So we want to remove um, any kind of medications. Uh, sometimes if you're on Motrin all of the time, even Tylenol, if you're taking that frequently, that can lead to a breakdown. So we want to remove what might be possibly in the way, including processed foods, um, including decreasing alcoholic beverages, sugary drinks, those kinds of things that really harm the gut lining. And then we want to start replacing. We want to replace with a probiotic and with those whole foods that can really help nourish that lining, right? Yeah. Um, and then and then we want to repair. So using, um, there are some he gut healing supplements that you can take. Um, also just mucinolin, uh, I can't ever say that word, but like okra, like um, slimy foods can actually help that. Also, eating things like um, starches, so rice that is then cooled becomes a resistant starch. And that means our body really doesn't break it down until our large intestine. And the bacteria that helps break that down produces something called butyrate and that helps increase our stomach lining. So resistant starches, fibrous foods, um, probiotics can be really helpful. And then just removing the crap, right? Removing yeah. the stuff. Exactly, because you want to take all that fluff out and just keep what you need, which is essential. Yeah, our body has an amazing way of healing when we just get out of the way. Mm, exactly. <laughs> when we just allow and support our body to do it, it knows what to do. It will heal. Yeah, I believe so too. You know, now you got me thinking about like visceral fat. You know, people are like, oh, you know, I got COVID weight and I want to get rid of it. You know, it's 2022. I'm trying to do things differently in January or in the new year. You know, how do they get rid of that and, you know, building that in the mindset of instead of me eating all day, like you said, letting the body take its time to break down those molecules into different parts and then working out or walking or swimming or things like that. So how do they incorporate that and take away that visceral fat and get back that summer body they're looking for? Yeah, I, you know, that's that's a weighted topic and there's so much and there's so much individual, um, you know, recommendations that could go into play. But I would say as a foundation, focusing on whole foods, implementing some intermittent fasting, drinking plenty of water, 60 to 90 ounces a day, and then incorporating weights. A lot of us think cardio, 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 and really the, the muscle utilizes glucose the fastest and it uses more energy than fat right and right. so um especially for women who sometimes avoid the weightlifting, um lifting weights three to four times a week is really important to build up that muscle mass and build your body's ability to burn that fat more to raise them in the metabolism and to utilize blood sugar quicker right to use those calories so um yeah i would start there increasing water um, lifting weights, doing some intermittent fasting, and then just shifting away from processed to whole foods can be foundational. And then, of course, like we talked about before, 
making sure each meal contains some proteins and fats, not just carbohydrates. Right, exactly. And I'm also thinking about water too, you know, just to touch on it just a little bit. When you think about water, there's the acidic water, the neutral water, and the alkaline water. You know, people have this debate, oh, alkaline versus acid water, Dasani versus Icelandic or smart water or just water. Any type of water that we're putting in our bodies, is there a specific pH that we should look at or all water is good water? I think, you know, for most people, just getting people to drink enough water is huge. And so I wouldn't get so hung up on the pH as much as making sure it's filtered. So, you know, there's a lot of toxins oftentimes that we don't, we aren't even aware of in our tap water. So making sure that you are drinking from filter, you know, it can go all the way super fancy where it's eliminating everything, but basics, I would, you know, get a basic filter. Um, I would focus more on filtration rather than the pH. Okay. 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 That helps a lot of people. You just like silence the whole debate in one line. (laughs) You know, we can get caught up in that, but I find most people don't even drink enough water that we're talking about anyway. So drink the water and make sure it's filtered. Um, And then, you know, I I have heard um, there are some benefits with the alkaline water. Um, But again, a lot of that's cost prohibitive for people. Then you're buying, you know, an apparatus to do that or you're buying bottled water which i would prefer not to be buying out of plastics anyway <laughs> uh you know when in, when you can be drinking out of stainless steel or glass and make sure it's filtered water mm. so it's better to just use the water from your refrigerator and just keep it you know light as well yes filtered you know the bottled water um sometimes it's heated depending on how it's been transported and those Mm. plastics even if they're bpa free they're still releasing something into that water right like that that plastic it's not it's safer to always be drinking from glass or a uh, stainless steel container so i would get your own i carry around my own stainless steel (laughs) uh water bottle all day and and aim to it's it's habits right um for me i love my coffee in the morning um just because i like the flavor of it and it's just my wake up and um but i kind of challenge myself drink 30 ounces of water before i get my first cup of coffee okay so it's it's habit stacking to start to incorporate some of these new habits for yourself because sometimes it's hard we forget we say we're going to do it and we don't and so you've got to kind of stack those habits make it obvious make it right in front of you make it available right it's like a reward you're giving yourself right yes yep yeah (laughs) the coffee at the end of the 30 ounces of water exactly and then also the workout too because people think oh just do cardio only and you're going to lose your visceral fat or your just your weight in general and you forget that the weights you know resistance like you said you know your force your body you have to like maintain those things too which people miss and that's why also swimming is great for workout because the resistance is there but not everyone can say they would swim to work out but just the general foundation platforms that you mentioned is just like the basic one-on-one walking and jogging and just you know breathing correctly yeah i think you know we have a tendency to overcomplicate things and when we get overwhelmed we don't make the changes right right? it's like oh shit there's just too much to do exactly And if we just really get down to the foundational basics, maximize things that that create healthy habits. So maximize the um, the water and the healthy foods and and the um, lifting weights and then minimize, minimize the stuff that's not healthy, 
right? So minimize the, the alcohol, minimize the processed foods, minimize the sitting around eating a bag of chips, minimize the stress, and then start to prioritize things, hydration, sleep, um, stress relief, meditation, doing things that you enjoy. So maximize, minimize, and prioritize. And when we can start to do that, and start to stack healthy habits, we realize a year later, like, man, I've really made a lot of changes for the better and it didn't have to be complicated. Exactly. It just had to, It part of it's just waking up to the fact that like this is available to me and it doesn't take a lot of time, money or energy to make healthy habits. Exactly. I believe so too. And you know, even as we're getting into the, the mood, everybody is, you know, trying to figure out what to do on Valentine's or when the new year, the first quarter, couples are going out, there's eating or what do we eat? I don't know. Just let me get this. So that thing is, makes you so conscious that now when you're eating out or even cooking at home, it makes it easier for you to know, okay, what am I feeding to my body and who am I feeding around me? How are the people around me, you know, getting this food? Is it good for everyone? Are we also in good, healthy conditions? And it just makes life easier and better for us all. It does. And, you know, going out to eat, I love going out to eat. And and the thing is that you've just got to have balance in, in things. Staying home for most of your meals or preparing your own meals, um, for the most part, you're in charge. You know what's going in it. Right. And so it's not that we can't indulge and enjoy going out and, um, and having a good time, but it's finding a balance. Don't making that, you know, not making that your, your daily thing, not, not going out and buying lunch every day, but making your lunch. Those are just simple switches, um, so that we can enjoy those moments and those times. We don't have to be perfect, but when 80% of our lifestyle is healthy, our body's okay with the 20%, right? It's when we kind of flip that and 80% of our lifestyle is really unhealthy, that 20% isn't going to make quite the impact, right? Mm, I like that. I love how you put that. That that's That's a good one. It hit home really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. This is so good. I'm so glad you're able to join us and just be part of this conversation because I think it has also enlightened a lot of people just to know what they're doing with their body, how they're working out, how they're sleeping, you know, how they stay connected and and build that resistance as well. So even with your body, with the temperatures, you know, we're in different seasons, how do you keep yourself warm? How do you keep yourself in cool conditions it's been it's been a really cool topic and i hear this on social audio as well how people you know try different things to test things out so it's really exciting to hear this dynamic relationships between the two yeah yeah i'm glad to be here and it's um it's such an important like i said you know the, the gut is foundational because it exposes us to everything in our environment and to have a good strong healthy immune system, good digestion, good nutrition. Um, it just, it, it helps you have that energy. You know, when people talk about their fatigue all the time, oftentimes it starts with just lifestyle. It starts with cleaning up diet, hydrating, sleeping better, relieving stress, um, you know, knowing when to say no, creating boundaries in their life. Um, those are the foundations so that you can live the life that you want and have the energy to do what you want in your life. Oh yeah, 100%. Wow. Thank you so much Krista yeah. for being here. This has been amazing. Absolutely. If I know yes. people are probably wondering what how can I get in touch with Krista? Where can I go? What do I need to do? What are the options they have available to stay connected to you even after this podcast? 
I'm most active on my Instagram. So my handle is Krista Elza on Instagram. And um, I'm happy to connect there. Send me a DM, follow me, um, I'll follow you back. And um, yeah, I'd love to share more ways to just create balance and increase your energy in life. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining the We Don't Play podcast today. And I wish you a wonderful, wonderful day ahead. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.